We work to work, you late to work, I holla and they send it You know my pride was colder than Chicago in December My dog out laying the law, ain't breaking no laws, I'll serve no rock. Beats outside, still fucking in the car, still flipping in the car, still shooting at the car. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball podcast, and I have been waiting for this one. I didn't want to record after game one because after game one, I was like, I don't want to set the bar too high i don't want to overreact to one game but now we are here after game two the sixers are up two nothing after two straight blowouts pretty much against the toronto raptors and i could not think of a better guest to have on than the enemy of raptors twitter mr mike chiodo what's up mike i'm good how are you doing well dude um i just want to put this up top so i recorded my last episode about a week ago I had on my buddies from the Pound the Rock podcast, and we did a breakdown of Sixers-Raptors, and we talked a lot about why the Raptors are a weird matchup for the Sixers. And at the time, I had the Sixers in seven in the series. I said I felt like the Raptors had a chance, but the Sixers' top-end talent would win out, blah, blah, blah. But that was before I listened to the national NBA podcasts. And the way that the Sixers were disrespected in those national NBA podcasts by Coach Thorpe, John Hollinger, Bill Simmons, the same people that overanalyze and overthink pretty much everything when it comes to the NBA made me think, oh, we're winning this year. Like that was when my perspective shifted from like the Sixers will win the series, but tough to like, they're definitely winning this series. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was a little nervous at first because the Raptors have always played us very tough. Then as the week went on, I just thought about it. It's like, they have Pascal Siakam and Fred VanVleet. We have Joel Embiid and James Harden. We're 99% of the time, the team with Joel Embiid and James Harden is going to win the series. That's just how yep. it works. Yeah, that's how the playoffs work. And it, and it does, you kind of need that reminder every year. It feels like, and this is something that we talked about on the last podcast, as I said, the last two months of the season, when a team plays really hard and other teams that might take their foot off the gas a little bit, we tend to overrate those teams. And I'm not saying that the Raptors were last year's version of the Knicks, which is I'm something. saying that. <laughs> Pascal Siakam is Cameroonian Julius Randle, if we're being honest. Just, just being honest. I mean, no NBA, no NBA games that take place during March Madness count. Like, I, if a guy's averaging 25 during March Madness, I don't want to hear you talking about Pascal NBA. <laughs> Oh, that's why I'm glad I had you on to say to say these things, these things that I am afraid because I don't want my address on the timeline. Um, <laughs> I don't want to. They, 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 can't, they can't show their faces right now. <laughs> oh, believe me, they are. They are showing everything right now. They don't and... show their faces. They have profile pictures of Gary Trent Jr. <laughs> FVV season is, is going to come after you. Um, uh, so, yes, I felt as though the Sixers had the top-end talent advantage. The one thing that I didn't see coming was Tyrese Maxey being 
arguably the best player in the series. Like, I think Joel Embiid, from a two-way perspective, his defense has been fucking awesome. I think the fact that they have to game plan around Joel Embiid so much to the point where the entire court is wide open for Tobias Harris, and Tyrese Maxey, and James Harden, and all of that is definitely a big factor in this. But Tyrese Maxey, through two games, has averaged 30.5 points per game, 6.5 rebounds per game, five assists per game. And at times, anytime it feels like the Raptors are about to get back into a game, Tyrese Maxey is there to go on a run, end a run with a big three, or just kind of take, take command of the game in a way that I, I am just fucking constantly blown away by this dude. Mm-hmm. And every single time... I just like, I don't know what his ceiling is now. Like I coming into the series, coming into the season, my ceiling was like for him was like, maybe he'll make an all-star team coming into the season. Halfway through the season, I was like, he's definitely going to make an all-star team at some point. And now I'm like, what, what, what is stopping this dude from being just one of the 20 best players in the NBA? Yeah. I think we still, even Sixers fans underrate Maxi. Like he's on a superstar level track right now putting up 38 in a playoff game you're on a superstar level track and it's like i don't think we really grasp that that we have a we might have a superstar at 21 year old superstar in the making like even post Embiid era he could be six years from now he'll be 27 you know i don't think it's crazy I, like he's not just like a cool piece he's like a guy the guy yeah yeah and one of the things that I think that the Sixers fans tend to temper their expectations with young guys now because we've been hurt by so many in the past that have flashed early or been amazing prospects and not really panned out. But Maxi has taken over the city. He's got M night Shyamalan standing on the (laughs) sideline and, and, and putting a fist up. Like he is absolutely amazing. And this matchup was something that we talked about was like, there's no one on the Raptors that has the foot speed to keep up with Maxi. And he's able to attack. He's like, the thing that blows my mind about him is like, we're talking about this now. He doesn't even have a bag. Like he doesn't have moves. Like he, his moves are literally, I'm faster than you. And I can hit threes at a, curry brother clip almost which is just unbelievable like we thought at the draft last year when people were saying he can't shoot i was he had a good he had good form like he could become a decent shooter someday in year two he's like the best shooter in the league (laughs) it's crazy it's crazy that anytime he takes a corner three i think it's going in any like above the break threes was something before this series that i felt like he was a little bit more hit hit or miss on i think he's like five for eight on above the break threes in this series I mean, the shooting, like you said, like I thought he could become an above average three-point shooter. Like I was thinking 37% maybe on five attempts per game. I never thought it was going to be 43% on nearly five attempts per game. And if he ups his volume, if he takes more threes off the dribble, if he's more of a threat in the pick and roll to shoot that, like... We're talking like like one of like a few comps that have been made for his type of ceiling before it was like a Bradley Beal level player, or Kyle Lowry or whatever, like Donovan Mitchell. Like like there are like I'm thinking about comps now for him and I don't want to overreact to two games, but we've seen this progression throughout the season in a way where I'm like, this guy, like he could make an all NBA team at this. Oh, point. yeah. 
like I've seen over the last couple of days, people have thrown him into conversations like Lamelo and Anthony Edwards, and your initial instinct is like, well, that's a little too far. But then it's not at all. No, and I mean, we were talking, you know, is he the third, fourth best player in the class, fifth best player in the class with Bain and Halliburton? And it's like, if he's this level of player in the playoffs, because regular season wise, you know, I think that they're like, I, I think Bain and Halliburton are awesome. We haven't really seen them have a run yet in the playoffs. We're starting to see Maxi have one right now, and maybe it is just the favorable matchup. Maybe it is because they don't have the foot speed, but like who does have the foot speed to keep up with Tyrese Maxi? No it's one. like De'Aaron Fox if he had a three-point shot and a yeah. uh, better touch inside too. Like I, he literally is nine for nine at the rim in this series. He has not missed one time. He's getting the team out running on the break. If he's running on the break, Harden's hitting him. Like it is a way, a thing that I have never seen. And it's something that Sixers fans have longed for, for so fucking, just a guard who can shoot, who can dribble, and who can, like, create his own offense in a way that no one has been able to for the Sixers since Iverson. Yeah, I mean, it's really unbelievable that this happened. It's unbelievable. I cannot believe this happened. At 21, on a a Mike Muscala shot, (laughs) one of the worst Sixers I ever can ever remember. Thank you, Mike. Turns into a legend. I'm telling you, we got to get him here this offseason. We got to convince him. Listen, leave uh, Oklahoma City. Yeah, get him to ring the bell. Yeah. Game one, game three against the Heat. He should ring the bell. I'm trying to get him on a podcast this summer. I'm trying to get him so we can have a. <laughs> I can have an get, hour long where I just thank him for the shot. Get his get his dad on too. Did you see the one? Oh god! <laughs> I'm not trying to get canceled. <laughs> Mike's dad, he's here. Uh, please don't say any words, Mr. Muscala. <laughs> um, did you see the tweet? I can't remember who it was from. I wish I could. But you did you see the tweet from the night that Muscala hit the shot? And it was and it was basically like um, I think I did. Yeah, something it like was if, if the guy we get at 21 turns into a star, Mike Muscala is going to be a cold hero or something. A star point guard that leads us star on a final guard. run. And I was like, holy fucking like I no one saw this. I mean, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but the 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 shot called on that night by that person. I'll put the the uh tweet in the description because that person deserves a shout out. I just can't think of who it was right now, but unbelievable how how this has all come true and I just want to say Speaking of the Raptors, thank you, Masai Ujiri, for turning down. Like, if Maxi was doing this for the Raptors right now in the playoffs, I would commit Sepku on the the air. The Raptors fan fan is talking about his freaking smile. Oh, my God. Thank God. Jesus Christ. Scotty Barnes. Can you imagine the Scotty and Maxi memes they'd make? Jesus Christ. Maxi, Scotty, Fred Van Fleet, Siakam, OG. Like, that team... That starting five would be a fucking problem. Because, like, Maxi is the exact kind of guy that they're missing. One thing that goes overlooked in the Masai thing is that he was willing to do the deal if the Lakers included Taylor Horton Tucker, but Maxi wasn't good enough. That goes overlooked. That's, I don't, so if that was true, so do you think that was true? Because I think it was Lakers true. Do this, well, I'm going to believe it's do this true. Thing, like they're now saying, like we wouldn't take Gordon Hayward for Russell Westbrook, and it's like, yes, you fucking would. Like, come on. 
I'm going to believe it's true. <laughs> I, I believe it's true because I want it to be true. Taylor Horton Tucker is not good, but also terrible. You, terrible. You do have to keep in mind seven foot wingspan. Yeah. Masai loves loves a good wingspan. I mean, as we've seen, every player in the series wingspan is insane. Masai probably valued Thibel over Maxi. <laughs> probably did. That was Mike, not me. Please, uh, <laughs> for my for my safety, um, you know, we'll get Mike into and, I mean, just saying, after this. Anyone could have traded the Marta Rosa for Kawhi Leonard. Come on, are you serious? Guy's a genius because he traded the Marta Rosa for Kawhi Leonard. Really <laughs> smart guy. He's a genius. Oh my God, uh, <laughs> Raptors fans! I am not associated with this man. I don't know who he is. Um, He's just a guy that I'm having on the podcast. I have to censor myself on the timeline because I am genuinely. Oh, I've done that too. What's up? Even in this, even in the series, I've done that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you haven't gone far enough with your tweets so far. You can wait. You, you, you should wait. <laughs> if we sweep, if we sweep them. Yeah. Uh. So, another thing about this series in general and just kind of the NBA playoffs and how things have shook out with Jordan Poole, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Maxey, all these young guys, John Morant, these guys that are like hoopers that are kind of just fearless and like really in the moment is like, this is kind of proof of concept of something that after the Hawk series I talked about, which was, I'm not even doing a bit like you need a hooper. In on your team, like even the Bucks last year's version of Chris Middleton that made that run when he was completely fearless and taking every big shot and making every big shot at the end of the series. Like, you need a guy who's gonna go out there and put up bad shots, he's gonna put up just he's just relentless. And he he doesn't, he is the as I said on the podcast last year after we lost to the Hawks, he has a Tyler Hero goldfish brain where. Yeah. You don't think about the last shot. You don't think about the last play. You just keep going. And this, so far, and they might have bad games. They might have bad series. But ultimately, in order to be a contender in the NBA nowadays, you need a guy who is just going to go out there and hoop and not think about anything because hoopers are built for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, after watching the first three three days of the playoffs, I would hire the ball don't stop guys, my GM. But seriously, though, like when I'm watching – People joke about it, but like when you watch March Madness and you just see a guard on a some seven C that's just launching and hitting three after three, and like the smart draft people are like, well, he's not a real prospect. He's too small. He's too quick enough. It's like no, he's a hooper. He just puts up every. He just puts up shot after shot, and it goes in. Like, I don't care. I don't care if he can't play defense. He Jordan Poole, literally yeah. Jordan Poole. How much better off would the Sixers be right now if they drafted Jordan Poole over over Matisse Thybul? Come on. We probably would not lose a game this year in the playoffs. And then next year we'd go 75 and 7. <laughs> um, Harden, uh, Harden, Maxi, Poole, uh, whoever we dump Tobias for, and B. <laughs> that's that's the super. That, that's the super death lineup right there. Jordan Maxi Poole. I mean, I don't know how you, how you, uh, I said Jordan, but uh, yeah, Jordan Poole. DeAndre Michael Jordan. Jordan. Tyrese Maxey is Michael Jordan, is what I meant. He's better um, than Jordan. Jordan yeah. couldn't shoot threes at that level. 
did Jordan have that touch on floaters? I don't think no. so. No. no. He also where was, was... Where, where was Michael Jordan at 21? He was at North Carolina. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. Actually, he wasn't good enough to come Also, out. Tyrese Maxey never gambled in his life that I know of. I'm just Yeah. Just saying. Just saying. Don't have to gamble. But, but I just think that the the idea of having these guys, like you said, in March Madness, like I watched Malachi Branham uh, for one half, and I was like, he's got it. He's an NBA player. I don't care about any of his flaws. This isn't this isn't an example of a hooper, but I remember watching Herb Jones in the tournament last year, and I was like, that guy's good. <laughs> I was just like, he's good. He drifted. There, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you only have to watch three games. I'm telling you, this is this is yeah. how I scout. I I just watched three games and I'm like that guy's good that guy's bad. You, if we draft Jalen Brunson, not a hooper, also kind of kind of more basketball player that has hooper moments. But if we if we draft uh, Jalen Brunson in 2018, how many times have we walked down Broad Street already? Four. <laughs> well, not only we draft Jalen, we keep Mikhail at ten, and then we get Mikhail Jalen, and then it's Ben Jalen Mikhail. Jimmy, because we keep Jimmy in this scenario for some reason, and Embiid. We trade Ben. Although for Devin Booker, we trade thing. Ben for Devin Booker. There, there you go. Yeah, literally just a team of hoopers. I don't care about defense. I don't care about micro skills. Don't ever speak to me about a micro skill ever in your life. Yeah. If you've never hit a hezzy pull up, Jimbo, I don't give a fuck. Like that—that <laughs> that is literally the only thing Fultz, that I need from Fultz, a scouting. Fultz really was a hooper. He was a hooper before Hooper was a thing. Even though I know it is unfortunate that he, uh, you know, but if we don't draft Fultz, we don't get Maxi. That's one of the, that's one of the things is that the Maxi thing has salvaged so much. Like I, we joked about it last week on the podcast. I was like, if we don't draft Maxi, or I dropped, joked oh, about it on the NBA's drunk stream I did the other night. I was like, if we don't draft Maxi at 21, you're telling me that. Embiid doesn't look around after last year and go, I need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I think probably does. I mean, if he, like if Maxi goes 20 and I don't know, take Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain's a really good player, but like, I like Desmond not... Bain. No, let's say we don't even get Desmond Bain. Let's say we get like Precious Achua or like, let's say we get like someone. Precious, who... Achua, Precious Achua on the Sixers would never, would not have taken a three yet. No, no, absolutely. Let's say we get. I don't know. I'm trying to think of guys who win that. Malachi Flynn, a guy who yeah, is Malachi in this Flynn. series and is and like another I guy, like Malachi Flynn another as another guy. Raptors fans said was going to be just a star. Like Masai did it again. <laughs> <laughs> you got Malachi Flynn. How does he do it? How does Little he do redhead it from San Diego State? Yeah, he's going to be a star. I actually did like Malachi Flynn going into the draft, but I did like I, felt, I did like him too. But I will say that. If we draft anyone but Maxi, maybe Bane. Bane's the only other guy I think that you take at that spot where Embiid could have looked around and said, we've got something here. But if mm -hmm. he looks around and says, we have Tobias on a max contract, we have Ben Simmons who for the second second time in the playoffs has completely melted down and can't hit a free throw and can't do anything. Yeah. We have no flexibility. We have no good young prospects that I can look to. And... I'm. I really do think if we didn't get Maxi and we we didn't have well we did have Maury which is something mm -hmm. but like yeah. he he believed in Maury so that's a good 
that that is a good thing at least. But I think that the Maxi thing is definitely at least part of the reason yeah. why Joel felt as though he could find that, sign that Supermax. Yeah. Even this year, I mean, imagine if Maxi didn't take a leap this year. The first half of the year, they would have been bad. Like they were sixteen and sixteen. If Maxi doesn't take a leap, ten, what are they like thirteen and twenty? Yeah, they're probably bad. gonna play. They're probably gonna play. We probably panic and we probably panic and trade Ben for CJ McCollum. Who like the CJ McCollum thing still. has been brought up. I like CJ McCollum. Fine player. He would have been I, good. I, yeah, like he would have been good, but like. This this version of that's what I'm saying is like, and that's kind of been my whole thing with the CJ McCollum stuff. And like, I have people I know and I like that are like, oh, if we had just traded for CJ McCollum, and I'm like, CJ's good, but like CJ, his flaws are very obvious, and his still get people even even after everything is up, people still watch a guy hit a mid range jumper and like, oh my god, we could have had that guy. Yeah, and. He was great in the one play-in game, and I said it doesn't make any sense to me that anyone ever said that it was crazy to trade Ben yeah, Simmons for CJ because it, the suggestion was that they're not a similar level player. And I yeah. always oh, said, yeah. "What's up?" I think I'd rather have CJ than Ben. That's that's what I was gonna say is that I would rather, with all of his flaw, with all both of their flaws, I would rather have CJ if I could construct a roster where CJ is the third best player and a secondary creator working off of a star wing and a star center. Now that's easier said than done, mm-hmm. but at the same time, we like if, if the Lakers had just waited and traded for CJ McCollum instead of Russell Westbrook with the package that they Ooh. gave, because that's, yeah. he went for a similar package. If you think about it, honestly, the package that the, that they, that the Blazers got is going to end up worse than what they could have got from the Lakers, which is because yeah. they, because now they're getting a 2025 20, bucks pick and, my whole thing has been if you had Seth, who we had at the time, if you had Maxi, who we have at the time, CJ McCollum, like there's no way you could just play three small guards like that in the playoffs mm. and survive. And even with all of the shit that Harden has gone through, his inability to have burst, his step back three not always falling, whatever, he's still a better offensive player oh, yeah. than CJ McCollum is right now. Yeah, people like overreact to Harden, even when he's struggling, even at his worst, the shots he's creating is just insane. I've, you've never seen it before. I, we've almost become numb to it already because it's been, I don't know, 25 games. If you were to show that to a Sixer fan in January, like a guy's going to be on the wing, he's going to make a cross-court pass to a wide-open George Niang in the corner, we would have lost our minds. He's basically, in the half court, he's basically what we needed from Ben last year in the playoffs. Yeah. Which is he's gonna generate enough of he's, a threat as a he's actually a good pass, like a really good passer. Yes, yes. Rather than and, just make cool passes in transition. And his scoring gravity is enough that if he does get downhill, he can find and bead with the pocket pass. He can make a floater occasionally. He can get to the line. His finishing at the rim isn't great, but he's gonna be willing to try to get there more often than Ben. And because of that. The Raptors, who notoriously, as we discussed on the last episode, tend to overhelp, he can completely exploit that in this yeah. matchup because they're overhelping and he's finding Tobias wide open. He's finding Danny wide open. He's finding Maxi, Niang, whoever is in the corner above the break, all of that. He's just finding guys. And one of the things is yes, the Sixers have had hot shooting through two games. I don't want to act like they haven't, 
But a large part of that is because James Harden is generating wide open threes. We're getting wide open looks. Yeah. Like, it's not a surprise. Like, Raptors fans, again, you keep yelling about the all the looks, all the shooting and stuff. You're sending three guys at Embiid and two guys at Harden. What do you think is going to happen? Exactly. Every you're time. Bet, you're, you're betting on our shooters not hitting shots and you're losing right now. Yeah. And this version of Tobias that we've gotten for about a month and a half. This version of Maxi that we've had for about two months now, this version of Danny, Danny has been. It's it's actually hilarious that he was actually like coasting. It's like he's he has a, suddenly has bursts. Like you're Danny Green, you're coasting the entire year. Like all right, man. Like he's like he's uh, LeBron <laughs> saving it for the playoffs. <laughs> I love how people were saying that like in March, like. When he's oh, when he's like one for fifty from three, like maybe he's coasting for the playoffs, and he actually was. <laughs> he dunked the ball <laughs> for the first yeah, time series, since North Carolina. <laughs> series should be over. If Danny Green dunks on you. Series <laughs> is over. We don't have to risk sending those guys to Toronto and people set, showing up at Embiid's hotel room. <laughs> you know, just series is done. We get ten days off. That's a reward for Danny Green dunking. We don't have to risk a Tanya Harding situation happening yeah. with our, our best players. I agree. Um, but make sure, Daryl, make sure enhance security on that flight. These people are not safe. These are not <laughs> these are not good people. <laughs> you cannot <laughs> you cannot trust these people. I just want to say, and and by the way, I'm cool with some people on Raptors Twitter. I have some people that I talk to regularly. They're very nice people. I'm not associating you with with the people that we are talking about, but to the yeah, people, yeah, again, I've, there's there's some people I'm cool with, like, and they know, you know, because yeah. I've talked with them about it. Yeah, I just want to say to the other people who are not those they need, people, they need to rise up. <laughs> Use your national healthcare system. You get free healthcare. Go to therapy. Seriously, <laughs> it will change your life. Go to therapy. You have a lot of resentment towards something in your life that you are releasing on the internet. Yes. You are investing all of your hope into a professional basketball team. I get it, but just go to therapy. Just use <laughs> again, Trudeau will give you credits or something. I don't know how it works, but just go to therapy. It will change your life. I promise you, yeah. Raptors Twitter. It will make and you again, a better if there person. Are any of the, the, Ra- the Raptors Twitter people that we're talking are cool or listening to this, rise up. Everyone supports you. You need to you three years ago it was not like this. You need to fix it. This is not good. <laughs> when you've got the entire league all rallied behind this, Celtics fans are like rooting for the Sixers because of you. Bulls fans. I've seen Bulls fans on the timeline that are like, we can't beat the Sixers and we hate the Sixers, but we have to rise up against this international force. <laughs> Cavs fans, like a random Cavs fan DM me the other day. And was like, man, you got to beat these people. They, <laughs> I'm not serious. Like, a random Cavs fan who I've never interacted with, like 200 followers, DM me and was like, man, you got to beat these people. They're crazy. <laughs> like you're on the team. You're like, all right, I'll tell the guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. And I do just want to say to all the people on Twitter, on podcasts, Nick Nurse himself anyone that is complaining about the fouls oh my god i just want to say last year when we went to the playoffs 
and we had the Hackabend thing happening. I didn't hear one thing about how <laughs> Nate McMillan was destroying basketball or Scott Brooks was ruining the game we all love because Ben Simmons couldn't hit his fucking free throws. So give me a fucking break. Seriously. <laughs> Chill. Also, Chill the fuck you're, out. Also, the, you're getting completely dominated. Like, if it was a close series and we were winning, yeah. like, six-point games, all right, you can complain. Sure. It's, still, it's still a loser. But, okay. You're you've been down by thirty in both games. Shut up. <laughs> Get ready for game three. Shut up. Agree. Go outside. Have some syrup. Yeah. And also, don't say that our you should like commit battery against our players on Twitter and stuff during the games. Really weird <laughs> stuff. To be honest, I would never say that about another team. But it's a thief of joy. <laughs> Joel and Bean, the thief of joy. Um, I just want to say, in addition to the Ben Simmons stuff, all the, you know, the stuff that we had to sit through last year, this little bit of karma, uh, in a good way towards us, maybe some, some positive karma. Yeah, from something, something really bad's going to happen soon. I know I'm worried. Uh, we need a, we, we need a Jokic 45, 10 and 20 game in game three. We really I'll take it. it. We really need it. Cause if it's not that. When when Embiid went down, when Embiid started holding his arm, I was like, "Oh God, this is why we talk too much." Oh my God, I know. It does feel as though it's going to bounce back the other. It, nothing ever can happen good for an extended. It's somehow going to be two two going back to Philly, and the Raptors will be up ten at halftime. We'll be like, "What just happened?" Yeah. So, I do want to pump the brakes a little bit, but overall, I feel as though the, the talent gap, especially if the Raptors don't have Scotty Barnes and. Like, Again, I literally warned about this, and I'm still doing it. And you, you were in the DM like two weeks ago, like we're going to go up 2-0, and I'm going to start talking, and then we're going to lose four straight. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. So I that's why I'm tempering my expectations. I think game three, to me, game three is the most important Sixers game since the 0-1 finals. Like, and if they win that, then it'll be game four because we got to close them out in Toronto. True. I need to be doing the I, – I, I need him to be doing the airplane down that hallway. Yes. I dreamed about that for three years. Maybe a hallway shot, a hallway shot of him doing the airplane. So another one, another one about Raptors fans with this picture of Embiid in the hallway. We, we get it. It's a picture. We get it. He was crying because he lost. It's been three years. We get it. When the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Yeah, we all tweeted pictures of Patriots fans for like six months of Brady dropping the ball. We don't do that anymore because it's 2022. <laughs> it, it would be kind of weird if four years later we were still doing it. We get it. It Trust me, you're sending a picture to every Sixers fan. We get it. It's not hitting the way you think it's hitting. It's just a picture. Yeah, we've moved on. We have Tyrese Maxey. You know how much stuff has now. happened to the Sixers since then? You have no oh. clue. Yeah, I mean, honestly. This is another thing about Raptors fans. You're dealing with Philly sports fans. You have no clue what we deal with. No clue. We have watched that video more than you could ever imagine. There is nothing that you can say that will hurt us. Well, also, I do think it's – someone brought this point up on Twitter, and this is so true. I think it was Jim who I just had on the podcast recently, and he was basically saying that when the Sixers lose, if it's a close contested game, we're not blaming the refs. No. We're not we're not blaming the other team. 
we're blaming Tobias. We're blaming Doc. Yeah, yeah. We're blaming the. We're blaming our guys. Like that is. That's they don't know how to blame their guys. Yeah, it's like your guys are not that good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not 2019 anymore. Like it's oh, not as surprising that OG Ananobi is not beating Joel Embiid. It's just gonna happen. You better get used to it because Kawhi. You better get used to it because Kawhi's not coming back. This is your life now. Oh God! I really hope this does not get freezing cold take. Uh, they're not now. watching. They're not watching this. Are you serious? They I have two Raptors fans who like the podcast. They're definitely they're probably normal for Raptors fans. They're probably normal true. Raptors fans. True. That's a good point. That is a good like, point. There but are normal still, Raptors fans. I feel like I'm a pretty normal fan, and I still bookmark. I am, but if there were Sixers fans acting like that, I would not engage with them. I agree. Yeah, I would no. not give them bait. I agree. I don't. I have plenty of Sixers fans I've blocked who act. As psychotic as some of these, yeah, like there are, there are psychotic are. Sixers fans. The difference is Raptors Twitter. It's like the t- the, the leaders of Raptors Twitter, are like that. <laughs> the leaders like, of the force. So, I, I another thing about the beautiful basketball game that everyone hates that the Sixers do. The Raptors are not an aesthetically pleasing team to watch. That's the thing. They're an awful team to watch. They were an awful team. They were an awful team to watch when Kawhi was there. (laughs) Like the only people that love the Raptors are like that aren't Raptors fans. And I, anyone who covers the team and Raptors fans, whatever, I understand that. That's your team. You have you support them, whatever. The coach Thorpes, the guys who love like in-game adjustments and like full-court presses, and it's the people. That... It's, you know, it's the people who told us Jokic was a good defender because his DP DBPM was the number one at Lake. Meanwhile, we said for months, you wait till the playoffs. They're going to put him in space. It'll be cooked. And look what's happening. I I do just want to comment. It is poetic irony that Stan Van Gundy is the one calling these games who <laughs> literally two weeks ago when arguing for, and by the way, Jokic's MVP case is a solid MVP case. I've said yeah. it many times. He's a fine I, MVP. He's a fine MVP. I will, say, I will say if you're a back-to-back MVP, I don't look the MVP discourse is tired and it's dumb, but like if you're a back-to-back MVP, you cannot get swept out of the first round. You just can't. It's not an accurate reflection of history. I think that's fair. And I, I just want to say that the defensive stuff with the metrics that we all know suck. Brad yeah. Stevens just said there was a clip of Brad Stevens going around about how much defensive metrics suck. Dare Morey himself has said last year, metrics, uh, available defensive metrics are terrible. The Stan Van Gundy on the air two weeks ago talking about DBPM. What is DBPM, Stan Van Gundy? Because if if you believe that DBPM is the accurate representation of how good a player's defense is, do you think that Jokic is twice as good as Giannis on defense? That's all I need to know. Do you think that he's twice as good as Giannis Antetokounmpo on defense? What was, or, the, was that was that Raptor? Was it Raptor that had Jokic as a better defender? Had rookie Jokic, 2015 Jokic, as a better defender than current Giannis? Peak Giannis. One of them had- any, any Giannis yeah. here defensively, who yeah. is probably the best defender in the NBA. Yeah, he's like an all-time defender. <laughs> like he's insane. He like, like, if if Jokic is better than if rookie Jokic is better than peak Giannis, Jokic is probably the best defensive player of all time. Yes, like undeniably. 
I don't think he's the best defensive player of all time. So all, all of the metrics that say that he's a dominant offensive player, I agree. He might be the best offensive player in the NBA. Yeah, he's but a great offensive player. Stop with the defense stuff. Enough. He's not, he's not a great defender. He's not. He might be an average defender who can get exploited yeah, got, above average. He's, he's gotten himself to the point where he's not going to kill you on his own in a playoff series, although he's kind of getting killed in this one, but that's not totally his fault. Their point of attack defense is bad, but I heard people yeah. say that their point of attack defense is the worst point of attack defense in the NBA, and that is not true. I watched the Charlotte Hornets this year, dude. Oh, my God. Charlotte Hornets have the worst defense I've maybe ever seen. Interior perimeter like we put up like 140 on them i saw i saw teams fucking run them off the court the point of attack defense for the nuggets cannot possibly be worse than a team like the charlotte hornets or the houston rockets or like like there is there are teams that have worse point of attack defense so if you want to blame it all on that sure fine go ahead again like i don't want to have i don't want to have an mvp discussion but the way the narrative shift is just unbelievable it's unbelievable I'll allow it. I'll allow it. And it, I can't wait until the five years from now podcast that you brought up about Simmons and Rosillo. Oh, it, it might be five weeks from now after thinking about it. <laughs> it might be five um, days from now knowing them. You know, Rosillo, we overthought that, man. That was in year. It was just in year, <laughs> And, you know, we let March fool us. It happens. And I know Sixers fans are all mad, but it happens once a generation, right? It was Steve Rose, then it was Jokic. It happens. Nash. Steve Nash, Nash winning his second. Come on Kobe now. Only won, Kobe only won one. <laughs> Chris Paul never won an MVP. And Rousseau acts like, wait, wait, are we not going to act like Jokic didn't have one of the most dominant marches of all time? <laughs> 100%. Okay, are we going to do the whole Jokic thing? Because we can, if you want. I mean, Denver's team, rat team. <laughs> and what about Giannis? <laughs> Giannis had a great case, too. Like, you can't just, this is where I get mad. You can't just plot it all on the writers. Like, there were three great cases. It happens. It kind of reminds me of the 04 Sox when Pedro. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> on the pod on Sunday, he was like, that just that shot reminded me of the 04 Sox, the ALCS. And Rosillo was like, wait, what? It was game one of the playoffs. <laughs> Literally the first game of the first round. <laughs> oh. Beautiful. I love it. It's poetry, that podcast. I actually, I genuinely enjoyed Rosillo and, and it's, Simmons. It's, it's, inside, it's inside the NBA podcast to me where I'm not getting basketball analysis yes. from it. I'm just listening to it and being entertained. Yeah. It's slightly, it's above the level of like, like they're, the M, inside the NBA guys are doing kind of like characters at this point. I feel like they're mm-hmm. really leaning into it. I yeah. feel like Rosillo and Simmons have like they occasionally will bring up good points, and you're like, yeah, like oh, Rosillo. Speaking of Rosillo, was talking about the defensive metrics the other day. Mm-hmm. He was like, some of the defensive metrics say that Jokic is this great defender, and I just don't see it. And like, yeah, I agree with that. They're always like twenty five percent on a good point, really good yeah. point, and then the other seventy five percent is like, what? It's just narrative stuff. It's all just <laughs> like, yeah, it's all narrative stuff. So back to the Sixers game. So yeah, the Raptors half-court offense has actually been better than I expected. I expected it to be. Their transition offense is what has been terrible. Like, the Sixers have owned them on the offensive glass, yeah. have gotten out running in a way that I have both on offense and defense. Like this was clearly was, a point of emphasis yeah, for the first two It was games. interesting. Game one, 
because all year it was like the offensive rebounding, offensive rebounding stuff was weird because it was like it should not be this bad. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting. Like game one, like the first possession of game one, MB was just under the basket and I'm just fighting and tipping a ball out, and it was like, oh, okay, yeah, it's not. He was he's trying now. Effort, yeah. effort level, and also having Paul Reed in for DeAndre Jordan, who is a oh, corpse yeah. and a mummy, has Believe made a me. big difference. DeAndre Jordan will be back in there for the Miami series. Oh, please. Dwayne Dedman. He's a big guy. He can't. He can't do it to us. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. <laughs> All right. Maybe he maybe he adjusts by game three when we're down 2-0. We're a <laughs> minus 50 in the DeAndre Jordan minutes. You can't do this to me because losing to the Heat is my version of you for you losing to the Raptors. Like, you just can't. Yeah, like, I almost feel like I'm on – I'm I'm in house money right now. Whatever happens, I know happens. I'm getting I'm gonna get destroyed if we lose to the Heat, dude. Heat they're fans, they're Heat fans are gonna seem like cool guys after we wrap this sweater. Like they're cool guy, let's be let's be friends. Like you guys are nice. It's like Tyler Jokic was the best player ever. I'm like yeah, like I'm honestly honestly when people are going at Jokic over the last couple of days, like I don't feel the same way anymore. Like oh, that's he's a good like I just dealt with Raptors fans. So I can't do that right now. It's just normal Andy, Bailey's like, Andy Bailey's just a fine guy. He just likes metrics. <laughs> Andy Bailey's not tweeting out Joel Embiid's hotel room number. So you support his politics? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, they probably have the same politics. The old, the, oh, no, I don't know about no, that. The well, it's yeah. not getting into that. <laughs> the only Republican that I know of on NBA Twitter. All right. Um, so... So yeah, the Raptors half court offense has been better than I expected. Their transition offense and defense has been way worse than I expected. I didn't expect it to be essentially non-existent in the first two games, which is crazy that the Sixers have led in fast break points through two games. They have kind of covered up all of like, I guess one of the things that I overlook for this series is that a lot of the Sixers issues were not like fundamental issues because I think that the Raptors issues, shot creation, star power, they're not things you can kind of overcome in a playoff series and like just dominate. And the Sixers issues, offensive rebounding, transition defense, perimeter defense are kind of just like effort things and like if they try really hard then it might be able to negate some of the issues that they had during the regular season yeah so before the series i had sixes and five because i was just looking at us i felt like it was straightforward like either the sixes were going to have it in which case the raptors are not going to be able to stop them we're going to win the series easily or they're not going to have it in which case you know we're going to lose but when people talk about like transition and like offensive rebounding as reasons you're going to lose a playoff series that's not really – the game slows down in the playoffs. Always does. Um, offensive rebounding, a lot of that is effort, even though the Sixers did have other reasons where they're slow and unathletic. But people just really overthought this. Like, they really did. I think the people who picked the Raptors in six or five, like, especially overthought it because of – and this is something Zach Lowe even brought up on his preview podcast, which was when he was talking to Coach Thorpe, he was like, the Sixers have Joel Embiid and James Harden. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, and the Raptors are nerd NBA 
favorite team. Nick Nurse, yeah. Masai Ujiri. Nick, all, Nick Nurse. Like, Nick Nurse is going to go out there and guard Embiid. That's what people are talking like. Yeah. Guy, again, guy had Kawhi Leonard. He's a fine coach. He's a good coach. Masai Ujiri Kawhi, is a good GM. I think Kawhi Leonard, he got completely un, uh, humiliated by Brett Brown in 2019, by the way. He took did him get three games to a, took him three games to match Gasol and Bean's minutes. And then once he did, it was over. But like, took him three games. So there is the like I respect whatever the Raptors have built and stuff, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that we have you as the balance to. <laughs> To the NBA nerd media that has like it's the Kevin Arnovitz who will just like wax poetic about Chris Boucher's help defense and like yeah, things they, that no normal person watches basketball and cares about. They have no hoopers, no hoopers. You can't win in the playoffs, with no hoopers, especially with Gary Trent Jr. being I don't they say he's sick. I don't really know what's going on, but if yeah, he's the closest know. thing they have to a hooper, yeah, Gary Trent Jr. was not shifting this series. Sorry. <laughs> But in the past, that kind of guy has been the yeah. kind of guy that will drive the Sixers insane. And yeah. I, I did know yesterday during game two, I knew that they were winning the game because it felt like Fred Van Fleet was finals Fred Van Fleet when he couldn't miss a three or Eastern Conference finals Fred Van mm -hmm. Fleet from that run a few years ago. And it was like a tie game. Yeah, I knew that. I knew we were winning the game from like the start where, you know, in the playoffs – you have that feeling in games sometimes where we're just the better team. Like you had that feeling in the Wizards series last year, Hearts of the Hawks series, it didn't turn out well. Uh, the Net series in 2019, the Heat series in 2018. Like you just, you can feel it. When you're just the better team, you can feel it. And that's just what yeah. it feels like. And I know this is going to sound like a bit because we always do the Hawks, Sixers win the Hawks series with X player. I really the think the Sixers win the Hawks series if Danny Green doesn't get hurt. I know that sounds insane. Yeah, but I we think couldn't. They did too. No one could hit a fucking open shot to end any of these runs. I'm telling you, you can play that. You can play that series over 100 times. We win 99 times. I, I don't know how it happened. I still don't know how it happened. But it's a good thing. It, it is, is a good, good thing. thing. Yeah, because we would have got smoked by Milwaukee. It's kind of like the Jazz this year, where like you look at that team and you go, losing this series would actually be better for them in the long run than yeah. winning this series, because if you're losing to the Mavs, especially without Luca. You're not a contender, and losing that will make you have a little bit of an existential crisis and look inward, something yeah. that the Raptors fans should do after this series and see they therapy. They won't. <laughs> they will be back but, next year. But the the thing is that like the Ben Simmons stuff was never going to work here. And they needed to make that trade. And even if you didn't get back James Harden, you needed to make a move that put you in a better spot. And no one saw Maxi becoming this good. And, and hell, Maxi might not even become this good if we don't get Harden, because Harden simplifies everything for everyone right now. Yes, I've been I've been surprised at how how well they fit together. So, are you a little bit concerned about the Harden? Because we talked about him being kind of this point point god maestro basically a ramped up ricky rubio by the way his defense has been way better than i expected in this series i just want to say mm -hmm. um yeah steals and blocks wise occasionally he's going to get exposed whenever he gets switched on to siakam he's he's fouling his help defense 
when he's the backline defender, he tends to react a little bit too slow. Yeah. There have been moments where I'm like, you know, it doesn't look Miami, great. But overall, Miami he's been will fine. be a better test for that. Miami yeah, will be a better sure. test for that. And for the offense, because the yeah. offense is something that I just don't know why teams, even though Harden is Harden, and it's kind of like a muscle reflex, where when he drives, you're like, oh shit, because he's James Harden. At a certain point, one of these teams is going to have to realize you just got to live with whatever he is doing on these drives because mm-hmm. the alternative is a wide open three point shot. The alternative is, is Joel and bead getting to the hoop. And yeah. I do worry a little bit as we get further into the playoffs that if Harden can't get any of that burst back, And he can't create any separation. Even these threes he's hitting are tough threes because he's not creating any separation with the step back. Like he's hitting them over Gary Trent Jr. and OG Ananobi. I am a little bit concerned that when, if they, whether it's in this series or if they advance to play the Heat in the next round or if they play the Bucks or the Celtics or one of those teams in the Eastern Conference Finals, that this could catch up with him down the line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought I thought he showed a little more burst in the first two games than in the regular season he had shown. But you're right. I don't know why. Like the Raptors last night were sending two guys at him and leaving Maxi open in the wing. Like I don't understand what you're doing. Yeah. And I almost, I'd almost, again, I don't think I don't want it to happen because it would probably be bad for us. But I would like to see what would happen in a game if they just let Harden go one on one. I just, I'd yeah. be curious to see it. I don't so, know. I, I still think he gets – his his finishing just needs to get better because he still gets to the lane. It's not – he doesn't get the separation he used to get, but yeah, his finishing can still be better. I think he looks for fouls too often he does. in the lane. He tries to grift, and it's not – he is getting fouled most of the time, but it's just not working. Yeah, and it, once again, I do feel as though it is kind of what the Sixers' half-court offense was missing. Their half-court offense has been – fucking unstoppable through two games i think that that is translated from the regular season one of the things i was worried about not translating was this insane offense and through two games obviously small sample it's actually been better than it was with harden and beat on the court it was 125 in the regular season with those two on the court offensive rating which would be the best in nba history by like five or six points per 100 possessions and right now it's a 128 uh, so that's really fucking good. Yeah. And the offense and defense to an extent being able to survive with Paul Reed at the five while putting Paul Reed. Yeah. One thing I give doc credit for is even though it took him fucking seven months to figure it out is putting Paul Reed with, as the backup center and putting him with the other starters yeah. a lot of the time. So that, other than that one run where, they pulled and Maxi was going off and they had Harden and Embiid on the bench. It does feel as though putting Paul Reed with the other four starters has made it so that he doesn't have to do too much. He can just yeah. play defense, get offensive rebounds, use fouls, honestly, like, like you're going to foul, but like, you know, use them. Yeah. I, I don't, I would foul five times in eight minutes. Just <laughs> it's better than DeAndre. It, it it really is a miracle that he figured this out on the second to last day of the season against the, the Pacers. I just, it's unbelievable. Like maybe this is just meant to be. Like, I don't know. But it was here you, the whole time. It was, but the fact that he figured it out is crazy. 
I thought he would have rather lost his job than than admit that still, he was wrong. I'm, I'm still not sure if he wants to keep the job. Go to LA. But come on now. You I, know he wants that Lakers job. Yeah, he wants it bad. But um, I think if he I wins still, a ring, he can still get he'll still be like, well, now I'm just like they can't can fire him after he wins a ring, though. That would be the problem. Yeah. Yeah, because he's not gonna he's not gonna leave the three years, 30 million, whatever he has left on the table. No. But uh if they win, if they can even draw even in the non-embed minutes for the rest of the playoffs, they're going to win the title. I'm just, I'm saying that right now. They're going to win the title. Wow. If, if <laughs> in the ten minutes that B-ball Paul is now, if like I just said earlier, DeAndre will be back in for the Heat series, but yeah. if he's not, and B-ball Paul plays, and we can draw even in those minutes, we're going to win the title because then you just need to win the hard and embed minutes. All right. That is bold. I do think that I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't think this Raptors team is nearly as good as I thought that they were. Right. Um, and and even with even without Scotty Barnes, uh, I mean, even with Scotty Barnes, I think that they would have easily won this series. Even though I, yeah. I like Scotty, Scotty's a good player, but uh, people Magic and Magic and Pippen with Giannis's mentality. I don't yeah. know about that. Coach Thorpe, you need to fucking, dude, what are you doing? Stop. Oh, so can we just talk about the Raptor Sands thinking Embiid stepped on his foot on purpose? What is wrong with you? Do you know <laughs> what basketball is? You think Embiid risks severely spraining his own ankle so he can go out of his way to step on Scotty Barnes's ankle? Trust me, Scotty's a good player. No one's that worried about Scotty Barnes. Yeah, I mean, I don't, that was not intentional at all. Very obviously, you wait, if you want. You wait two months. I guarantee you, whenever anyone wins the title, a Raptors fan will unironically say, this has an asterisk on it, because Scotty Barnes missed the first round. Dude, I had I literally saw Raptors fans getting mad at a rational Raptors fan who was saying that we're going to win the title in like two or three years. And they said, we're winning this year. Multiple yeah, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> I, I forget when was, someone was like making a joke about 2023, and, the, and she yeah. had to write a reply like guys i'm not saying we won't win this year i'm just saying next year <laughs> that's the thing they, they thought they had a contender and now they're getting a cold bucket of water thrown in their face when it's like no you have pascal siakam and fred van vliet you're a first round exit you're playing joel and beating james harden it's over you had a nice season go home <laughs> log off go watch go watch highlights of your the championship It'll never happen. I'm again. uh I'm very concerned for both of our safety. Um I think uh the comment <laughs> section might need to get off. turned off on this video. <laughs> I'm telling you, they're not watching this. They are miserable. Right they now. find they find everything, dude. They find everything, they, but they are miserable right now and they're just tweeting the Embiid photo because it makes them feel something. Well, deep down they're like, I can't believe this is over. I saw, I saw right. someone tweet. Please win games saw, three and four, saw, Sixers. I, I can't do this. I saw a Raptors fan tweet yesterday. We were down 2-0 in 2019 against the Bucks. You had Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> and Kyle Lowry. That, let's be honest. That version of Kyle Lowry would be your best player in this series. Kyle Lowry is completely overrated. I agree. Tyrese but that Maxie version of Kyle Lowry better than, would, would he not better be the best player on the Raptors right now? Yeah, because the other Raptors suck too. But Tyrese <laughs> Maxey is better than any version of uh, Kyle Lowry. By the oh, way, boy. it's a total total lock. We're losing Game Three after this. <laughs> this 
<laughs> Total lie. Because you are pushing you are pushing the limits right now. <laughs> All right. Honest question right now. Last night, when the Raptors cut the lead to nine. No, I wasn't nervous. I wasn't. Really? This team sucks. Like it, okay, so let's just say they get it close. Let's just say they get it close, and it's 196 with two minutes left. Who's going to win? Joel Embiid and James Harden at home or Pascal Siakam going iso ball and getting locked up by Tobias Harris? Who's going to win? I mean, they the did Raptors, beat us in the last two close games, to be fair. We weren't trying. It's Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, those games happened during March Madness. They don't count. They don't count. I'm sorry. Put those. Put an asterisk on those wins. Very similarly to the way that we should put the rap, we should put the asterisk on whoever wins the title this year because there was no Scotty Barnes. We should put an asterisk on the 2019 title too because you played the Warriors without Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson. Thank you. Yeah, (laughs) I love that. I love that you can only play who you play. Yeah, you can play a team that's missing two of the four best players, the top ten player of all time. You probably win then. I agree. I'd love if the Sixers make the. The Sixers make the finals and Chris Paul gets hurt and we beat the Suns. I'm not going to be arguing for the next three years. Well, you can only play you want to play. I'm like, yeah, we won the championship. I don't care. <laughs> Fuck it. Speaking of Tobias, I, I will say I was a little bit nervous when they cut the lead to nine only because it felt as though you, you could see Doc's face on the sideline. And I was like, oh, no, Doc's, Doc's making the face. Doc's, Doc's body language is so bad. He's like... He's just—he's got the thousand during, miles there. During the hawk, during the hawk series last year, I thought he was, like there were points during the hawk series last year where I thought he was like having a medical incident. <laughs> he's like <laughs> hunched over. Looks like he's gonna throw up. Yeah, that's why I got nervous. But then uh, Maxi saved us again. OG dribbled off his foot, and Maxi got that's the good. ball, hit a three in transition, and I was like, "Yeah, this game's a wrap." Speaking of Tobias, where did this come from? Well, on one hand, it's very encouraging to see he's just taking the open shot. He's not thinking too much. He's playing solid defense. Yeah. On the other hand, we're playing so well he doesn't have to re- – the second halves don't really matter. So we True. haven't had to worry about second half Tobias. That's my yeah, take. Yeah, big moment Tobias. Yeah. That is – But if bit. he that, – that's a, like – it is – it's absolutely a thing that in the second half he's just – I don't know what happens to his brain. It just malfunctions. And all of a sudden, he's not taking open shots. He's driving into the lane with three people. But in the first half, he's like exactly what we always wanted and perfect for this team. Yeah, he's been great. If you could get the Tobias that we got for the first two games, I honestly, I might not even dump him this offseason. Yeah, I mean, if you can get a guy who's going to shoot open threes, make open threes, only post up when he has a mismatch and can take advantage of the size over Fred Van Fleet or Malachi Flynn or someone like that. Even there was a possession or two where he was, he bodied precious Achua and got a nice fade away. Like I've been very impressed with this. It just feels like there's been a little bit of a mentality shift with him, which is something that we talked about forever. I hope Harden and B just bullied him. And that was just what happened. Hopefully. Probably. Probably we're like, you're Harrison Barnes, dude. Be Harrison Barnes. <laughs> Tobias Harrison Barnes. That's all we need. Basically what he is. Like, That's what we not, want him to be. Literally, you're not mellow. Be Harrison, Tobias Harrison Barnes. He's finally listening. Thank you, Tobias. Yeah. Bullying works. 
<laughs> All right. Let's talk a little bit. We already talked about our, our concerns. We talked about Raptors fans. We talked about uh, Doc finally playing uh, Paul Reed. We talked about all that stuff. Let's talk a little bit about some non-Sixers Raptors series right now. What do you think about the Net Celtics? What do you think that goes seven? Do you think that who, who do you I think, think win? I think it'll go seven and the Celtics will win because they'll be the home team. And I just think they'll probably pull away. And with that being said, I do. We were talking about conference finals matchups. Yeah. If I were to rank them in terms of who I'm worried about in a vacuum, like we had to play them in the first round going into the playoffs, it'd be Celtics, Bucks, Nets. Same. But if you're talking about the conference finals matchup, I think it's Nets, Celtics, Bucks. Because if the Nets get to the conference finals, that means Durant and Kyrie are just on fire. And I'm scared of that. But yeah. So I, don't think ultimately the Nets will win the series, though. Yeah. I think you probably needed to get the game where Kyrie went berserk. Agreed. Yeah, I think they needed to win game one. That was really important. I thought the Celtics outplayed them. I thought that they could have stolen one. I actually, going into the series, I said Celtics in six. I'm standing by that. I think it could even be Celtics in five. I know that sounds insane, but here's my here's, here's my reason. Yeah, they win tomorrow night. Right. And my major reasoning behind this is... Jason Tatum just outplayed Kevin Durant in the first game. I don't think that's going to happen every game of the series, but I do think that it's a major shift when Tatum can play the way that he's played and the Celtics just like they win everything on the margins and you need both KD and Kyrie to be what you just talked about, which is like hitting every tough shot. Make like in close games, I think the Nets might have a little bit of an advantage, but I think there's going to be a game or two where the Celtics just pull away and the Nets can't get back into it because I feel as though the Celtics are just a better team. And I think that the Nets have the star power and they have the things that we talk about when it comes to the playoffs, but their defense is just so exposable. Even Andre Drummond struggled a lot in that game defensively. Um, Seth is a target on defense, like. For everything that people made about us giving up Seth and Andre, and I did not want to give them up. You can go back and listen to those podcasts. I wanted to keep them. There's going to be matchups in the playoff where those two are both very hard to play unless you have a lot of stuff around them to cover up their weaknesses. And the other thing about the Nets, like Kyrie, as insane as Kyrie is when when he's on, he always always has at least two games in a series where he's just awful. Like he scores 15 points on 27 shots. And when that happens, the Celtics are going to win. They just are. So that's two games right there. That's three wins. So not sound like Bill Simmons now, but (laughs) you just, I mean, he, once again, another good point he brought up on that podcast was the Nets have to win five games in the series now because they had game one, one at the end and they blew it with Kevin Durant falling asleep off ball. Yeah. Like that'll be the only bad game Durant has in the series. Probably But Kyrie, Kyrie people, people always, see that performance like the 44 performance they always kind of fall asleep when he has 20 points on 25 shots which happens yeah. a lot he, yeah especially when he's and not when getting that, a week rest or yeah. two and weeks that, rest when that and when that happens the nets are i mean the, the yeah the nets just they're not going to win no and i think this is a pretty even matchup i think in terms of like every time that they play when they're healthy they're there there's going to be good games just because of the things that i brought up but i do think that the the Celtics winning everything on the margins is going to be a big part of this series. Another thing that I want to bring up 
about this series is, and this is something that people talked about on Twitter. If Joel Embiid had that game, oh. if Giannis had that game, if Jokic had that game, if Steph had that game, if yeah. any other star other than Kevin Durant, who, by the way, I love Kevin Durant. I think he's yeah, amazing. He's, he's one of my favorite player. players to watch. He's unbelievable. But he is now immune to criticism, it feels like. Yeah, like, that's what I was saying. Like, I feel like there's a sense around the league from writers and stuff that it's just his turn to run the league. It's just That's just how it works. It's his turn. He waited behind LeBron and Steph. Now it's his turn. And he's just not the best. Like, I don't think he's the best player right now. Um, Who would you say is better? I would say Giannis and Embiid are both more impactful. I think Durant, this is where it kind of gets complicated because I think Durant's the best basketball player. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking two-way impact in an NBA playoff game, Right now, Giannis and Embiid are probably more impactful. That's I think that's um, fair. I mean, I think that I think that if and this is goddamn, I just keep referencing Bill, but he's like, if I had one guy for a game seven, I'd probably pick Durant. I picked Durant, I, yeah, because I know Durant is going to hit the big shots, mm-hmm. and I know that Durant is going to carry the team offensively. I do think that this is probably the best version we've seen of Kevin Durant, which is crazy yeah, to say. Yeah, I so. And I think that he is unbelievable one of the 15 best basketball players of all time i take nothing away from him but he played like shit and he was offensively defensively like he really did not have a good game and it feels as though he just gets this pass now that yeah, is... i don't think i don't think people want to criticize i think the Golden state years he was criticized so much that people sure. don't want to criticize him anymore yeah and it's kind of like we got to make up for that so we just got to shower praise on him all the time which is fine i i'm not just like calling for him to get no. destroyed around the country but it's weird no. no it is very strange um but he supported Embiid for mvp and he's a goat so yeah he's, a, ho- he's a hooper he's a hooper yeah, he knows ball so other first round matchups obviously we already talked about nuggets warriors that's going to be a fucking sweep uh i think bulls bucks will be a sweep too because the bulls had yeah. a chance to win the one game and they didn't I think the Bucks thing's weird though, because we've talked about this off the air. I've talked about it on the podcast. I've never seen a team that is just the consensus favorite that doesn't look good sixty yeah, percent of the time. The Bucks don't scare me like at all. I'm not saying we'll definitely win, but like I, they don't scare me at all. Uh, they like Giannis is obviously an insane player. Yes, but Drew and Middleton, and this goes back to last year in the finals, like. Drew was kind of not that good the entire playoff run. And then Giannis goes off for 50 offensively. yeah. And obviously Budenholzer was, they were literally talking about Carlisle being the next Bucks coach in the middle of the net series. Yep. It's like the Bucks just kind of won the championship last year, which is a weird way to put it, but they, they they kind of just won. And it was just like, Oh, I guess the Bucks are going to win the title. And somehow they've been propped up as the next warriors. It's like, they're not the next warriors. They're not that dominant. They they're not dominant. Even they'll if win they win the stuff. title this year, it's going to be because they grind out end of games. It's yeah. because they do a lot of the good things on the margins that we talk about, which is a yeah. very important good thing. But they're not a level. They're not a Bulls Warriors level of dominance that we've. Yeah, like, they're one of the. Yeah, like I've seen some I, I, a couple of weeks ago when the Bucks beat us here. There were some people talking about how like we're in the Giannis era now. And yeah. nothing against Giannis, who could be a top 10, top 5 player of all time. Yeah. But this Bucks team is not set up to dominate for the next five years. Like, they're very old. They're going to be in cap hell. Like, this is their window right now, and they're kind of – they're one of the best teams, but they're not dominating. 
They could win the title yeah. this year, but sure, sure, he could yeah. win two or three titles with this Bucks team. I wouldn't be surprised, but I, I, I just don't think that. No, I no think one's going. No one will be talking com- about this Bucks team twenty years from now. It's one of the best teams of all time. No, it's confirmation bias. Is the whole thing? It's like they're a very good team. They have championship potential. They're absolutely contenders. But this idea that like. I think a healthy Celtics team would beat them in the second round. Oh, I I've too. said this before, and I'll say it again. I think if Robert Williams can come back, the Celtics will I beat think, the Bucks in a seven-game. I season. think the Celtics are so much more scarier than the Bucks in a series. Like it's not even close to me. Yeah, I, I would, would rather play the Bucks too. Much and rather play the Bucks. Yeah. I think even if we lost a Bucks series in five, I think there would be four close games, and I would feel yeah. really, I would feel fine about losing to them. Every, every single time we play the Bucks, I feel like we're going to win. Like. When Embiid is healthy and we have someone like if you look at the history of the Embiid versus Giannis Bucks games, the large majority of them are close, except for there was one blowout in the bubble when Ben was hurt. And there was one blowout on Christmas when the Sixers beat the the Bucks a few years ago. And other than that, every single game has been pretty close from from what I remember, including the two games that we played at the end of this season. One was without Harden. Yeah. And beating Giannis is always a very interesting matchup on both it's sides. It's fun. Of the ball. It's a lot of fun. It would be, it would be I, cool I, to have. It would be cool to have a playoff series there. Yeah, it would be and great. Giannis playoff series. So we have in the West. We already talked about do, do the Jazz are the Jazz are levels of fraudulent that the Sixers couldn't even dream of. It's yeah, it's I, unbelievable. I feel like Raps fan, Raptors fans have kind of distracted us from Jazz fans, but we we can't let that distracts us if they go outside here if they lose to jalen brunson dude we can't let we can't let Raz fans distract us from that the fact that both of those not okay so winning game two is embarrassing especially when maxi kleba is fucking Dirk <laughs> but at the same time game one was really close like they could have easily be down 2-0 right now to a team that is missing one of the 10 best players in the nba <laughs> yeah like does anyone on the jazz if you got them on like a lie detector, do they truly want to win that series? No. Does Donovan Mitchell really want to win that series? No. He wants he wants to be gone as soon as possible. It's very obvious. Quinn you can Snyder see it in their to... body language. Dan yeah. Dan Danwell House might be the only one who is who's Should fighting a for a job in the NBA. Should be a sixer. Would be our best two way wing, by the way. Yep. Oh, the Hawks Heat series. I just want to say, I I so I did a drunk and this is something that you brought up to me you dm'd me in the group and it was something i realized while i was watching that hawks heat series or i'm sorry the hawks heat game one the schedule loss thing because the first Mm -hmm. game trey looked like shit the hawks got blown out i don't think the hawks are going to win that series without clint capella they'll probably lose in like five but i was doing the nba's drunk stream which i'm doing another one this thursday but on the first nba's drunk stream I was getting drunk and I was still hung over because I'm old. So I was still hung over a day and a half later watching the, the, the Hawks in the heat play. And I was like, I was drinking during the Hawks play in game and I'm still <laughs> hung over and they're playing another game right now. And I don't yeah, think that, was, that series is going to be blowouts. I don't think it's going to be a four. I, I think that'll be close games. The heat probably went in six, yeah. you know, Trey Young really is – he is honestly a top 10 guy you don't want to play in the playoff series. He's such an insane offensive talent. It's insane. Like, I do uh, wonder yeah, if they can target him defensively in a way that the Sixers could never figure out, though. Probably probably will. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really watch game one that closely, but probably will. Uh, if they, if Capella was still in it, 
if Capella was still did get hurt, I would have seriously thought about picking the Hawks in that series. But with Capella out, I don't think they have enough. Yeah, I think it will probably be over in five or six. I had, I think I had the Heat in six, even with Capella, and I, I don't feel great about that. But it is important that the Sixers, if the Sixers can win the next two games and the Hawks can push that series, it will be very important because Harden looks so different with a week's rest. Yeah. Like, if we could well, just get win the, 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 the earliest, it could, the earliest second round can start would be next Saturday. So if you win the next two and you sweep them on Saturday, you get a week off. No matter what, that would be beautiful. Yeah. I would love that. Give me that, please. Yeah. Oh God, please just win the next two games. Holy <laughs> shit! So we have that game three. Hammer wraps money line. Hammer. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Smart betting advice. So we have. We've already talked about the war. Okay, what other series do we have? I think we have the oh the Memphis Minnesota Memphis series. Minnesota. Yeah, I think Minnesota's going to win that. Like wow, the Grizzlies. Grizzlies are really good, but they kind of just have 13 good players. Yeah. And this was a COVID year where everyone was missing guys and that you benefit from that with depth and stuff. They don't have the top level talent. Like I would, would you take Towns and Edwards over Moran and Bain? Towns and Edwards over Moran and Bain. Yeah, I probably would. Yeah. So like the Grizzlies from top to bottom were talented, but in the playoffs, when it relies on top end talent, they're kind of even. And yeah, and the way that Delo's been playing, although he kind of struggled yeah. uh, for a good chunk of that game, the way that Delo's been playing, the way that the Timberwolves have kind of figured it out, I still think I'd lean Memphis. But the half court offense for Memphis definitely scares me in a way. Yeah, regardless of what happens, back. regardless what happens, the Warriors are going to just obliterate Memphis. I think. Yes, they just Memphis. It was a cool story. I'm not trying to take anything away from the way I like Memphis. But they're just they're not they're a year or two away and one console consolidation trade away from being a serious threat. I mean the Warriors Suns inevitable Western Conference yeah, Finals. It's probably gonna be the best series since Warriors Rockets the KD yeah. year. I, I actually think I'll pick the Warriors to win that. I actually think I might be leaning that way too. They look in and I know it's Denver with all the stuff that we talked about, but the Pelicans who were just coming off a play in game played the Suns tougher than mm. the Nuggets with the MVP of the league yeah. have played against the Warriors. And the thing about the Suns, like I'll always say this, as good as they are, and they execute incredibly. Amazing. In a When you get down to those series, conference finals, finals, they're always going to have – they're not going to have the best player, and it's not going to be close. Yeah. And that's going to matter. We saw that last year. They were a better team than the Bucs. No question, yeah. better team. But Giannis dropped 50, and they don't have anyone to answer to that. True. So – yeah, and I love I, – I, I think Books even went up a level this year. I think I'm going to underestimate yeah. how good he is. There are probably old podcasts where yeah. I underrated like I, shit I, out of him. I love Booker and I love Chris Paul, but when you're playing Steph or you're playing Embiid, Giannis, yeah. even Tatum. Even playoff I mean, Draymond. Like, yeah. this version of Draymond defensively might be – like, he's a top five defender of all time. Top ten. Yeah, he's like, top, like he's a it's kind of insane. It felt like he was washed like two years ago. And he's, it's kind of insane the what level he's gone back. He's the key to that team. Yep. Effort. It's all about effort. He knew that that team fucking sucked and was like, I'm just not yeah. going to waste my energy in prime years, end of my prime mm-hmm. on yeah. a bad team. And now Steph's back, Poole, Clay. I mean, dude, they, Wiggins, like for what he is and what he's become as a defender. And even apparently he's been rebounding better in this series. In like, a, 
in like 11 minutes, the the uh, Steph, Clay, Poole, Wiggins, Draymond lineup has like a 204 offensive rating, I think, in 11 it's minutes. Crazy. It's 11 minutes, but like, yeah. that's insane. I mean, they pretty much hit all their threes is yeah. what happened. But like, at the same time, that Warriors team is like, if I had to, if I had to make a guess right now, assuming the Celtics win this series and get Robert Williams back in the second round, I think I'd go Warriors Celtics finals. I think the Warriors win in like five or six. Yeah, that would. Taking my biases out of that would probably be my pick. Warriors yeah. Celtics. Yeah. But and regardless, I I'd probably pick the Warriors or Suns over whatever East team comes out. Yeah, same. The way if they look like this, yeah, I mean it's gonna be a fucking. Problem. They gotta be from a from a Sixers perspective, and I don't know, maybe I'll feel differently about this in a month. I'd much rather face the Suns and the Warriors. Oh, same here, hundred percent. I think the Warrior because the Warriors ceiling is just fucking insane. Like we know how good that they can be. In major games, they've been there before. But last thing, I do just want to say about the Celtics stuff, even though I think that they probably come out of the East, they could come out of the East, that's going to be the hardest potential road to the finals that I've maybe ever mm-hmm. seen for a team that hasn't yeah. been there before. That's what that's what we were talking about, avoiding the Nets. Like Everyone was like, you're dodging the Nets. You're dodging. It's not about dodging the Nets. It's about you having to play four high-level playoff series instead of three. Nets? Like, Bucks, the Bucks are going to sweep the Bulls. We're going to or Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals, yeah. and then like that's going to take a lot out of you. Like Tatum's going to have to be playing. This is like a conference final series in the first round. Yeah, and then you're going to have to play another conference final series, and then a, and then an actual conference final series. That takes. I'd a be lot interested out to see you. how the how the Bucks defense plays against Tatum because yeah, going up against the Nets. When you're a guy like Tatum, it's easy to look as good as you have. It's going to be interesting when you're getting when you're getting what the Mavs yeah. were able to do against him, where they trapped him at half court, got the ball out of his hands, recovered all of that. Bucks Celtics will be a really really fun series. That would be. I feel like they always have pretty fun games, but from a basketball perspective, like just as I, a basketball fan, I would be happy with either Nets Celtics or Bucks. Uh, I'm sorry, Nets or Celtics versus the Bucks in the second round. I kind of, I'm kind of tired of Bucks Nets. I don't know. I kind of want a rematch though, because I, I I would like a rematch, but I even though even though they only played one series, I play, I feel like they have played a hundred times over the last. Yeah, it does feel like years. that. Yeah, and they're but always crazy. They're always really good too, and they're I think that games. I don't know who I pick in that series. It'd be really Bucks, hard. Net, Bucks Nets. I pick the Bucks. Uh, Celtics Bucks. I pick the Celtics. Yeah, fair enough. I think that's fair. I think I'd probably go go the same way. Uh, so next time that you come on the podcast, we'll be on Broad Street. We'll be walking yep. down. We're going to be the, the Raptors. Your, your, you should cleanse your soul. Me, yeah. the Heat, cleanse our soul against them. The Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yep. And then we will knock off the Warriors in the finals. For so. the Harrison Barnes shot. <laughs> We finally get our revenge. And when we when we have the parade, we should have a parade in Canada. <laughs> All right. Tybo can't come, but <laughs> everyone else can go. Peace.